0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the FACES podcast brought to you by Earth Refuge, the world's first legal think tank dedicated to climate migration. My name is Ole Terwai and I am one of the correspondents of the organization. Today I am very happy to be speaking with Meuna Eria. Meuri Meuna, kuharantabungai.
1: Meuri Ole, fine thank you and how are you?
0: Thanks, I'm great, thank you. Meuna Eria is a meteorologist at the Kiribati Meteorological Service. He's working as an assistant climate officer, and I will try my best to avoid any inappropriate jokes about interviewing someone from the future, but I actually do find it quite remarkable that based on our respective locations, it's a massive 19 hours later for Meuna than it is for me here in San Francisco. Also, I heard that you just had a power outage. so. Thanks again for allowing us to find time despite these difficulties, Meuna. With this in mind, I'm sure that some of our listeners might already have an idea now. But can you tell us again, Meuna, just in more detail, where in the world do you call home? Thank you, Ole. I am from Kiribati. And
1: as you know, Kiribati is one of the low lying islands in the middle of the Pacific ocean near the equator and uh, it's not mountain, it's a coral islands. it's flat and um, surrounded by the, the open ocean.
0: That is awesome, thank you Meona. So I as well have mentioned already that you are a meteorologist, maybe you could just specify a little bit what your work profile looks like, maybe you can tell us about your daily tasks.
1: Well, in the past, I used to still work in the Kiribati Meteorological Service as an assistant climate officer, and now moving to another job in the same, uh, you know, in the Kiribati Meteorological Service. You know, now I'm working as a quality assurance officer at the med, med service as well. And what I did in the past, uh, I used to work in a climate division, and we used to forecast for the for the season of forecast for the weather, more more yeah. on the rainfall outlook and temperature outlook and the ocean outlook.
0: Awesome, as thank it, uh, you. And congratulations to your new job. I didn't even know that. That's great. So as you said, Kiribati is located approximately halfway between Hawaii and Australia, right? And it consists of a number of very small low-lying islands, as you just said. So in combination with your job, or at least your previous job, that means that you were dealing with the impact of climate change, probably on a very regular basis. I would like to uh, dig deeper into that, but before we do that, I would like to invite you to share some more information about your home country. I guess that some of our listeners may be unfamiliar with the island of Kiribati. So could you maybe tell us a little about what makes this country so unique, not just about the ge- geographical uniqueness, but also about culture, whatever else comes to your mind.
1: Thank you, Ole, uh, and now to those who are not very familiar to Kiribati. Uh, like I uh, already mentioned, Kiribati is so unique that as you know, is one of the many countries in the Pacific uh, Ocean. Its location is in uh, four hemisphere. Uh, What I mean in four hemisphere, that some of the islands are located in the Northern Hemisphere and other islands are in the Southern Hemisphere. As you also know that uh, there are groups, Line Islands, and the Phoenix Islands. So the Gilbert Islands are more in the Western hemisphere and the Lion Islands and the Phoenix Islands also part of the Kiribati is uh, in the Western hemisphere. That's why Kiribati uh, is so unique that it's the only country that have four uh, hemisphere. Apart from that, the culture is here, uh, it's a lot of dancing as a traditional way of you know welcoming some foreigners or uh, it's like a traditional form of welcoming to people that are new new to the highlands the traditional the culture like the the dancing when they wear they mostly they use the the calf leaves that's from the pantanus uh also people are dependent on the ocean that's where they mostly take out the, the food mostly fish so they are the sea islands even the the island is very small but they have a big ocean that's why we prefer more uh, sea islands than small islands <laughs>
0: uh, awesome. that's it Thank all you that so I, much yeah. for introduction to kitty I remember as well, when I was there, the language is amazing. If you try to find out something uh, about Kiribati in the media, there's very rare occasions where it actually does appear in the media. This is mostly when it Uh appears due to two facts. Um, Kiribati is, as you said, spread on a huge area, and some parts of Kiribati will welcome each new year as the first country in the world. So they do appear in news quite often for that. But secondly, and this is a way more serious reason, Kiribati is one of the countries most affected by climate change. And as we have already, as a member of the Kiribati Meteorological Service, you probably know better about what climate change actually looks like than most. So I wonder, can you tell us something about how the weather patterns in Kiribati have changed in the past years and even decades?
1: Well, when I first came to the, the med service, uh, uh, I'm not really sure about the climate change, but actually during the my work in the climate service, I, I realized that the data that we provide also have very important roles in and see how weather patterns have changed for the last 50 or 60 or 100 years. In based on what we did in the med service, we provide and we archive the, the data. We, we saw that Kilva's climate was uh, changed, basically depend on the, what we call it, the seasonal patterns, or it followed the El Nino and the La Nina patterns. During the El Nino, we can show that every El Nino have different in Kiribati. So it's bring more rains to the Kiribati spots. And that's where we can correlate with our rainfall patterns. And we can see that in some islands like Putaritari, uh, we can show that there's decrease in weather patterns uh, like uh, rainfall. Decrease in rainfall for the last 10 years, 20 years. It shows that uh, even the, the Northern Islands, uh, that's where the IDC sits in the tropical convergence zones located. It seemed that the weather was affected There's a change in weather and precipitation in the, in the Northern Islands, maybe the movement of the IDC said. So uh, we guess that maybe that's the weather pattern of influenced by the climate change and the same with this, uh, during the el nino the la nina we saw that our season was affected by more prolonged less rainfall in in the southern part islands so that's where uh, we can saw that there's a change in weather pattern even the the temperature Increase. we increase the the hot, the, the heat wave in Kiribati, we can feel the heat wave. That's it, all that I can share.
0: That's a lot. thank you Given the fact that Kiribati is particularly vulnerable to the adverse effects of climate change, I wondered in what ways is this already impacting your lives today? Can you feel the actual change of climate
1: uh in Kiribati the impact now that we already feel or are affected at the moment is mostly in the our water uh some of the people in Kiribati are dependent on the water in our daily lives and uh what we saw at currently at, there's some Wells, household wells become brackish, uh, like, uh, you know, when prolonged uh, rainfall, uh, deficiency in rainfall, and then we can taste the, the water from the well a bit like salt. That's one form of effect of the weather pattern change or maybe the prolonged deficiency in rainfall. That's why it can affect the, the recharge of the fresh water. You know, Kiribati is the uh, coral islands and some people near the coast are easily affected when rainfall is, you know, prolonging like a uh, city effect of the water from the well. Oh, and also uh, some people mentioned that because of the two. They feel like uh, it's too much hot in Kiribati, Then it can affect some of the, the local fruits like a bread fruits and even the coconuts. They are getting like very small in size. And yeah, that's what people mention about the maybe. this it's an effect of the the change in weather pattern, but it in long term compared is that you know the size of the fruits the crops are getting very small maybe that's why they're assuming that this is the an effect of the impact as well as
0: climate change a number of scientists and you might be one of them they do predict that Kiribati will become uninhabitable in the not too far future so we're talking about 30, 40, maybe 50 years from now. How do these predictions make you and also your fellow equilibrium feel?
1: Like I, I mentioned, uh, all it, we use the science as one of our, our way forward. So instead of using other information, uh, we depend on um, scientists analysis science analysis so what the, the prediction has given us about the you know the future if the, the carbon dioxide getting increased number of and then there's some factors like high ice melting and you know too much spots can also expand the water and so that's where the increase in sea level we feel that Kiribati is one of many of the small islands that will be affected, uh, based on the scientific research, and we feel worried about our future because our place will be in inevitable in the future. So there is no choice but we have to work together, not for only for Kiribati, because we are small islands and we we don't have much resources and place to you know to to go. So it's not only the the work of us, but should be a global issue that should be addressed as well. Yeah, we feel that Kiribati will be inevitable in the future but based on the the design so as a scientist uh, i'm also worried because of based on the, the research
0: can you tell us about how you have responded to these worries that you just articulated how did this translate to actions to attitudes how has your behavior changed well Currently, many people here
1: in Kiribati, you know, some, some people accept uh, what the science says, but some other people, they, they, they didn't uh, accept the science that they are more religions, but we leave it to them. There's a little action at the moment based on the actions that uh, people they did here they only did more focus on the adapt and mitigate, but more of the action based on the adaptations instead of a little on the mitigation. So what they did, they accept whatever happened in Kiribati, uh, whatever the scientific uh, paper or research uh, release about the the increase in sea level from the number of carbon dioxide increase. And so they accept and they they work a lot in adaptation uh, process actions. And in terms of adaptation, what people they they, they did here in Kiribas, uh, they are not really adapt in, in like a who funded uh, adapt adaptation, but they they are giving like uh, you know, because yeah, there's an increase in sea level rise, so more on the storm surge and during the high tides, so they have to build a, a sea wall, but they are not build a, a sea wall of concrete, but instead they're using the local materials, like uh, they put some stick there near the the beach and. They, they put they put some you know rubbish so that's where they the the adaptation they work they work on uh, also they also have some work on planting mangrove to stop uh, the erosion or to stop the force from the storm wave to the land so they can inund- inundate the coastal. Mostly, that's, that's how the adaptation actions they, they did currently at the moment.
0: Thank you for sharing, Mona. So for the next question, um, I first I want to share some background information with our listeners. kiribati former president, His Excellency yeah. Anote Tong, he promoted an approach that he called migration with dignity in order to address the results of climate change. More concrete, that means that under his leadership, Kiribati's bought land in Fiji in case relocation became inevitable. Also, he engaged in bilateral agreements with bigger Pacific countries, such as Australia, to facilitate migration pathways for his citizens. The current president is Excellency Tarnes Memeu, In contrast, he is focusing on building resilience and beliefs in a future on the islands. Now, I would like to know from you, Mauna, how have the Ikiribas people responded to these differing approaches, uh, what do you personally think? Uh, thank you, Oli, for the, the question.
1: First, uh, we, we thank our former president, Excellency Dong, for his uh, work. As I can recall back, our former president is more like a uh, keen in the science. So he accepts science as uh, one of the way forward in, in the impact of climate change. So that's why he come up with the approach of migration with dignity. And uh, he did a uh, good in, in this approach. Uh, where he the, tried to emphasize that people have to migrate from Kiribati, but still they have identity as a Kiribati so uh, he did a lot of uh, work, uh, like, you know, there's a, there's a group of nurses from Tarawa. They went to Australia and worked there. At the same time, they can, they, they can apply for, you know, they can stay here. So he did a lot of work with, the, with his uh, migration and dignity, but our... New president Tanis uh, he come up with the uh, another idea, and it's uh, focusing on building resilience. That it believed that there's a future in Kiribati. So, because some people they they didn't want to you know migrate and leave their home island. So, people, some people they they want to stay in Kiribati as well even though what's the science tell us about the the future. So our current presidents come up with the, maybe some more work on adaptation and mitigation. Uh, Maybe in the future, when the global world work together and try to reduce carbon emission, and then maybe there's a chance that sea level maybe decrease. our current president is more believing in Christian. So I cannot say which one is good, but I both agree that they did a good job. Um, as well as, I'm not sure about people of Kiribati, but we heard that some people they, they really want, they, they didn't want to leave their own islands, own country. So they want to stay, whatever happens, they uh, stay, stay. And so, yeah, that's, that's how we. Uh, I compared both the former president and our current presidents. They, they did a lot of job to Kiribati, to the people of Kiribati. And even though their, their approaches are different, but we are all benefit from what they, they did in their job. And in my in my personal thinking, uh, I I I think uh this is my own personal thinking. I I I think it's because of the maybe we can utilize some you know some technology technology. It's increase and we saw that some other islands they they like um, building the the islands were small, but they the because of increasing sea level they they start to develop different technologies. So maybe in in my personal thinking, uh, we can utilize some new technology, who knows? And then we can build some islands, you know, maybe we can build some islands that, that can float or whatever they call it, something like that. That's what my, in my own personal thinking.
0: Thank you. So, just in case, if Kiribati indeed becomes uninhabitable and its citizens will have to migrate, what challenges would you see them facing? What do you think? What might be the main challenge?
1: I'm not sure about the each person thinking of the you know when Kiribati becoming inhabitable, in but because this, this is the, what objection is telling us, but maybe there's a lot of challenges that we can face, especially before people uh, you know they, most people they they didn't want to leave their countries. They, they prefer more to stay in the, in the country and and they have to adapt to whatever happened to the their country because maybe there's a new technology come up in, in the near future and then they will accept whatever they but it's more challenge to uh, answer the,
0: this question
1: yeah that's it
0: all right I just wonder even though we couldn't address exactly or say exactly what might be the challenges do you think Do you have an idea on how to proactively make it easier for people just in case they might have to migrate? I think it's good to
1: get a lot of awareness and to the people about the the global issue because at the moment, people in Kiribati are not really uh, understand, fully understand what climate change was. And even they are told that Kiribati will be inevitable in the next 100 or 100 years, but they are not really believed. But it's to proactively, uh, we can address them to explain the science behind what climate change is. So there are a lot of awareness that we have to, to come up with to the people so they can uh, understand and ready to, they they will accept that Kiribati will be inevitable in the next hundreds or 50 years.
0: We had to learn that Kiribati is indeed in a very severe situation. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, I would like to end with a positive note, which is probably pretty, Pretty hard right now, but could you tell us what makes you hopeful for the future of the people of Kiribati? Well, I think the
1: the future of Kiribati is not only depend on as a national level, Kiribati, as but the future of Kiribati is is, is a global issue that we need to address globally because. The the effect of climate change was based on those big countries that affect the small islands like uh, Kiribati. So we do hope that Kiribati will not be submerged in the next 100 or 200 years based on the hard work from, you know, cooperates between big countries uh, to reduce number of carbon emissions so that we can people of Kiribati can live peacefully and harmony. So we do hope that our future is dependent on the even though if we try to adapt or mitigate the impact of climate change, but still there are a lot of costs and a lot of resources required to build our island more resilience. So it's a lot of money or resources we have to spend to to build uh, our country more resilience. So it's more like uh, the support from other partners and big countries to support the future of the give the world, the, rest of the beautiful. Thank you, Ole.
0: Thank you, Meuna. And I think that's a great plea to the international community to get active. We really have to get things done. I Just before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you for any final thoughts. Is there anything you would like for our listeners to know or do?
1: Before we wrap up, uh, before we end our interview today, uh, I would like uh, our listeners to know that uh, the university is uh, is a beautiful country, and people of Kiribati the uh, they, they didn't want to affect by the impact of climate change, and people uh, also want to their country to to be in the map in the next hundred or two hundred years from now. And our message today is we have to uh, act now to. To support climate change, support some green energies or something like we call it green environments, so that we can survive other countries, with other small islands. Yeah, that that's what I want to say to the brothers and sisters around the globe. To, but uh, now, not to wait for another twenty or another five years from now. So the, the action should be, uh, done today as soon as possible. So otherwise, it's too late to, too late to, to help those who are, in, the front line of
0: climate change. Thank you, Ole. Thank you for the listeners. Thank you. Dear thank you so much. I think that is such an emotional and powerful message to the end and a strong demand for international community to act. There's not only countries, countries that we don't even know the name of, maybe, but there's people like you that we have to fight for. Thank you so much, again. Thank you for answering all my questions and helping us to understand a little better what impacts climate change actually has on the ground. And again, thank you very much for taking the time, despite the difficulties resulting from the huge time difference and the power outage. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Wallet.